Taiwan reported 274 local COVID cases, one imported case, and 25 deaths on Wednesday. Officials also warned of a worrying symptom called silent hypoxia, which is showing up in some COVID patients. Patients who have silent hypoxia don't know that their blood oxygen level is dropping. They don't experience shortness of breath or other respiratory distress as oxygen levels drop. Officials believe that silent hypoxia is what led to the sudden death of five people whose cases were announced the day before. This form of hypoxia does not have obvious signs. Usually, it is only when the blood oxygen level is already very low and the clinical state is extremely grave that the patient seeks medical attention. By then, it's already so late in the disease's progression. So our hope is for all confirmed cases to be moved from the home into a facility or a hospital. In Greater Taipei, all cases diagnosed on Tuesday have been placed in hospitals or quarantine facilities for observation. In addition, more than 10,000 pulse oximeters will be distributed nationwide so that COVID patients can monitor their blood oxygen levels and get medical help when they need it. Taiwan has rolled out the Moderna COVID vaccine. 70,000 doses from Taiwan's first and only Moderna shipment have been distributed among hospitals for use on staff who provide COVID care. There's another 80,000 doses remaining in the batch, and they'll be reserved for use on the same priority group as the second dose of a full vaccine regimen. So far, Taiwan has signed contracts to purchase 20 million doses from a variety of sources. The Central Epidemic Command Center expects two more Moderna shipments to arrive by the end of the month, containing 100,000 doses each. After completing inspection early, Taiwan's first shipment of the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine rolled out at 127 hospitals nationwide on Wednesday. The CECC expects the supply to be used up in as little as two or three days. We are very grateful to the Food and Drug Administration and to the team at Zoolake Pharma for working so hard in a warehouse at minus 20 degrees Celsius to finish the job as soon as possible. These vaccines will be used at hospitals to vaccinate frontline medical staff. This is the first time that two COVID vaccine brands are available at the same time. But vaccine clinics don't foresee fights breaking out over who gets which vaccine. The majority of staff at medical institutions, more than 95% of staff, have already been vaccinated with AstraZeneca. Only a small percentage remains. For instance, those who have been advised against AZ because they're not suitable recipients. For instance, pregnant women or persons at risk of blood clots. During clinical trials, these two vaccines showed different degrees of efficacy, different by dozens of percentage points. But in the real world, as these vaccines roll out at large scale, we are not seeing much difference between brands. So far in Taiwan's vaccination campaign, 740,000 doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine have been administered. Vaccination with Moderna is underway, using 70,000 doses from Taiwan's first shipment. The rest of the shipment will be used as the second of a two-dose course. The stocks are reserved for frontline medical workers in the top two risk groups, that is, those who work at COVID care wards and others exposed to COVID patients. 
Later this week on Friday, 1.24 million AstraZeneca doses from Japan are expected to finish inspection. They could roll out as early as next Tuesday, with 1.2 million doses reserved for people aged 75 and up, dialysis patients, exam proctors, and people in designated vital industries. The goal is to have 10 million doses reach Taiwan by August, officials say. About 2.11 million doses have arrived so far, so there's still a long way to go. The CECC expects two more Moderna shipments to arrive by the end of June, containing 100,000 doses each. Academia Seneca scholar Chen Peizhe has resigned from Taiwan's COVID-19 vaccine review committee, reviving the controversy over domestic vaccine candidates. In an exclusive interview with FTV Vice President Hu Wanling, former Vice President Chen Jianren threw his support behind local vaccines, saying both he and his wife participated in their human trials. He emphasized that locally made vaccines must show that they meet international standards when seeking emergency use approval from Taiwan authorities. Back in February, frontline medical staff and members of the public rolled up their sleeves to volunteer as phase two test subjects for the vaccine candidates developed by Taiwan's Medigen and United Biomedical. Former Vice President Chen Jianren, who is an epidemiologist by training, revealed that both he and his wife had volunteered for Medigen's vaccine trial. The former Vice President says he is confident the vaccine will succeed. Protein subunit vaccines are very simple. They are one of the most commonly used vaccine platforms. They come with fewer adverse effects. In the development process, these pharma companies have to be able to show that all the steps and all the processes were sound. They have to show that they met international standards when applying for emergency use authorization from the Food and Drug Administration. The former vice president publicly backed Taiwan's locally developed vaccines, which have come under a storm of aspersions. On Monday, Academia Seneca scholar Chen Peizhe made waves when he announced his resignation from Taiwan's COVID vaccine review committee. He said that a U.S. biotech company, Novavax, has also been developing a protein subunit vaccine, but has been unable to get approval based on international standards. He said it was unlikely that Taiwan's vaccine would be approved for emergency use by the end of July if health authorities applied international standards. United Biomedical says it's developing its vaccine candidate in collaboration with the U.S. It also gave an update on its progress. Very early on, our teams, especially the vaccinity team in the U.S., entered talks with the governments of India and Brazil. Of course, we can only launch phase three trials there after phase two trials have reached a certain degree of completion. On May 28th, we sent our latest documents over and they were accepted. United Biomedical says it expects phase two trial results to be compiled in mid-June, with unblinding to be completed in late June. If the unblinding process goes smoothly, the company may be able to obtain EUA in Taiwan in July and move forward with phase three trials in India. Eight employees at Taipei City Hospital's Yangming branch have tested positive for COVID-19. According to the Central Epidemic Command Center, the cluster originated with a COVID patient who was admitted to the hospital's emergency room several days earlier. The patient had vomited during intubation, exposing hospital staff to the virus. The emergency department has already identified the patient's close contacts and disinfected the environment. Starting the evening of June 8th, 
General emergency services will be suspended for one week. It will focus only on COVID testing and the urgent needs of confirmed COVID patients. It might have been that this patient was more difficult to intubate, so it took a longer time. They were in there with the patient for longer than half an hour and therefore became infected. The infected employees included cleaning and security staff, as well as five healthcare workers who were intubating the COVID-positive patient. Pulmonologist Vincent Su of the Yaming branch said the virus appears extremely contagious as it was able to infect healthcare workers who were in full protective suits during intubation. Mass testing has been launched at Next TV Broadcasting after an employee found dead in the office building was posthumously diagnosed with COVID-19. The employee was a cameraman found by a cleaner in a bathroom stall on Monday. So far, 11 employees at Next TV have tested positive for COVID in rapid tests. This isn't the first time that media workers have been diagnosed with COVID. Late last month, a news anchor at CTS was found to have contracted COVID from a family member. Last Sunday, an independent journalist who committed suicide on Sunday was also posthumously diagnosed with COVID. Amid the growing case count at media companies, the Taipei Newspapers Association has called on the central government to add media workers to vaccination priority groups. The effort to secure Taiwan's vaccine supply continues. Japan recently donated about one and a quarter million AstraZeneca doses to the country, prompting an outpouring of appreciation. Taiwanese designer Lin Guoqing has come up with a new artwork to thank Japan. His previous works found word games through rotating Chinese characters. Now he's combined Taiwan and Japan in one image. From one direction, Taiwan in Chinese, flip it 90 degrees and it becomes Japan. This creative melding of two writing systems embodies the deep friendship between Taiwan and Japan. Lots of viewers are astonished. The background of the image is Mount Fuji engulfed by water, an homage to the Great Wave of Kanagawa, the famous print by Japanese master Hokusai. Japan has donated over a million doses of the COVID vaccine to Taiwan, prompting this design filled with gratitude. I melded the word Taiwan together with Japan, which we used to call Dongying. And I wanted to use this work by the Japanese master Hokusai to embody the mutual reliance and mutual aid that we enjoy as good neighbors and as ocean nations. On first glance, this looks like the Chinese for gratitude. On closer inspection, you can spot the English words Taiwan thank. The whole series of designs includes many such hidden word games. The Tohoku earthquake and tsunami occurred 10 years ago. The Taiwanese people resonated with that and many of us donated for relief efforts. I think the Japanese government and people really saw that, and so now they've donated 1.24 million vaccine doses to Taiwan. Lin first began his rotating word games in 2007 with the now classic Hello Taiwan design. Now he's extended his pen toward Japan, commemorating the lasting solidarity between the two nations. 
The number of workers on unpaid leave has soared, hitting its highest level so far this year. The latest labor ministry figures show more than 5,000 furloughed workers in the month of May. To support those out of work due to the pandemic, the government has announced an expansion of its job support scheme. Now, furloughed staff can apply for up to 24 months of subsidies, up from the previous 12 months. The shutters are down everywhere you look. Taiwan's level three restrictions have been a blow to many industries, with food and drink and the service sector bearing the brunt. One masseuse says she was put on unpaid leave on May 15th. Our boss did communicate with us, telling us about the monthly costs of the business. From wages to rent and other expenses, it came to more than 10 million NT. They told us they couldn't afford our salaries. It was a real headache. We must be more than 500 or 600 employees on furlough. The masseuse says that after graduating, she left her home in Kaohsiung to look for a job in Taichung. Factoring in rent and living expenses, her salary allowed her to just about break even at the end of the month. Since the start of Level 3 restrictions, businesses where staff and customers are in close contact have been forced to shut down. The masseuse says that after paying rent at the beginning of this month, she has no more money left. She says she doesn't know how she'll keep afloat. It's not as if I can just switch to another career just like that. I was actually in a company program training to become a store manager, so I can't just up and leave. Now I'm facing the uncertainties of being on furlough. Many others are in a similar predicament. According to data from the Ministry of Labor, May topped the record for the number of furloughed employees. The manufacturing sector had the most furloughed employees, 1,655. It was followed by transportation and warehousing, with 836 workers. Lastly, it was the hospitality and food industry, with 495 people. In total, there were 5,065 furloughed workers across 467 companies. In the food industry, the hospitality sector, and in hotels, there seems to be an upward trend. As things are indeed more tense in this outbreak, that's something everyone's concerned about. As furlough numbers rise, the Ministry of Labor announced on Wednesday that it would double the maximum duration of its furlough subsidies to 24 months. Workers can apply for subsidies of up to 10,900 NT a month. But with the pandemic still raging and industries hurting, workers are bracing for tough times ahead. Taiwan's representative to the U.S., Shelby Kim, has lent her support to families in Hualien suffering as a result of school closures. For kids with limited home access to computers, online class can mean no class at all. That's why Representative Xiao organized her supporters to donate tablets to needy kids at local elementary schools in Hualien. Boxes of tablets are unloaded from a van. They were donated by Representative Xiao to disadvantaged children in Hualien. Xiao previously served as lawmaker for Hualien and is well aware of the lack of digital resources experienced by some families in the city. At the behest of Representative Xiao, we donated 55 tablet computers to children from disadvantaged families so they can have these learning resources. The pandemic has meant the suspension of classes nationwide and distance learning for all students. But for kids in remote areas or with no access to digital facilities or computers, online school means no class at all. 
Xiao learned about local families' needs through her friends' club and got the tablets donated via Microsoft. Hualien Digital Opportunity Center also helped to distribute the computers through schools. At present, we've donated 55 tablets, 30 to Beipu Elementary School and 25 to Jiali Elementary. At Jali Elementary, we had a few issues with some of our tablets. Our teachers have all worked incredibly hard through this, lending their own tablets to students. Last week, when our Digital Opportunity Center learned about it, they very proactively got us connected up, prompting Representative Xiao's Friends Club to donate the school 25 tablets. Representative Xiao is currently mainly focused on securing vaccines for Taiwan. While her work may take her to the U.S., her heart is firmly planted at home. Amid the pandemic, working and studying from home has become the norm in many Taiwan households. But staying in all day glued to a computer screen can have a negative impact on our health, especially on our eyesight. Formosa News reporter Stephanie Yang spoke to Health Promotion Administration Deputy Director Wei Xilun to get some tips on how to stay healthy while staying at home. Due to the pandemic, many people have switched to working from home or online learning, but that has taken a toll on our eyes, which get strained from prolonged periods staring at a computer screen. HPA Deputy Director Wei says a good way to combat that is taking a break every half hour. During the pandemic, people are working from home and students are learning online. But doing this for extended periods of time can damage the windows of the soul. Firstly, you can try to give your eyes a 10-minute break every 30 minutes. For adults, you should take a break every 40 to 50 minutes of using a computer. Have a good rest and gaze out the window or do some chores around the house to divert your attention. Younger children's eyes are more susceptible to damage from blue light. Wei says children under 2 should not get any screen time at all. That can be increased to a maximum of 1 hour per day for children over 2. Having a well-illuminated environment when reading is also crucial, Wei says, with ideally a luminance of at least 350 candela per square meter. She also says lamps should be placed on the opposite side to one's dominant hand when working at a desk. Secondly, you must have sufficient light. Whether it is reading, studying, or watching the news, you should have plenty of light. Thirdly, maintain good posture. To maintain good posture, avoid lying down while reading. Use a chair with a suitable height and keep your feet on the ground. Leave about 30 to 45 centimeters of space between the text and your eyes. A balanced diet could also help maintain your eyes in good shape. Wei recommends eating five fruits and vegetables every day, especially foods rich in vitamin A, B, complex, and C. The fourth thing is that you must have a balanced diet. Make sure you incorporate vitamin A, vitamin B complex, and vitamin C in your diet. You can do that by eating carrots, but also with dark green vegetables and some fruits, such as broccoli, spinach, pumpkin, and tomatoes. Then there's the most important point. Even though you're at home, don't forget to get up and move around. The Health Promotion Agency has created a song to exercise the eyes. We also have a pamphlet with ideas on how to protect your eyesight. The HPA has created a dance-along video with tips on how to best protect your eyes. That, together with a balanced diet and moderate exercise, can be beneficial to staying healthy while cooped up at home. For Muslim News, Stephanie Yang, Lu Botong in Taipei.